0: 4,000 years ago, Ecclesiastes wrote, There is no new thing under the sun. It's true today, of course. That night still follows day, human nature changes a little, and man still rises against his fellow man. But tomorrow? Who knows? Let's just take a little peek into the future and see.
1: Why don't you give me a divorce, Phyllis? I promise you'll never regret it.
2: I don't think so, Gary. I have a better idea. Oh,
1: yeah? What?
2: This.
0: (laughs) Our mystery drama, Stand In For Murder, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Paul Hecht and Terry Keane. I'll be back shortly with Act
1: One. Premiering on CBS television. Meet Peter Cook as the butler. May you choke on a shamrock. She's a saucy career woman. I want you. We all want something we can't have. There, the two of us mix in a slightly salty daughter. You're a pop insufferable. Don't talk to your mother like that. Put them all together and watch out. Everything is under control. On The Two of Us, premiering Monday at 8.30, 7.30 Central and Mountain, right after the premiere of Private Benjamin on CBS Television.
3: Frustrating. That's what home and car repairs can be if you don't have the right tools. Hi, Pat Summerall to say the dependable master mechanic tools from True Value Hardware Stores can help you get the job done right without the frustration. Now you can get the Master Mechanic 100-foot tape measure with smooth winding drum for just seven seventy nine, dollars And for heavy-duty cleaning in your workshop or home, try the Master Mechanic wet and dry vacuum for only $49.94. Get professional quality Master Mechanic tools exclusively at participating True Value hardware stores and home centers. Hi, I'm Landon Saunders. This is Heartbeat. Little Bo Peep lost her sheep. But instead of being depressed, she decided to pull herself together. She realized it was her little oh helpless me way of thinking that made her so vulnerable to circumstances and negative criticism that she was not only tearing herself down, but even turning people's compliments into downers by saying things like, you can't mean me. You're just trying to make me feel good. So most of her friends began to conclude, well, if she doesn't like herself, why should I like her? After all, she knows herself better than anyone else. Bo Peep finally realized she needed to recognize her strengths and focus on them and not on her weaknesses. And this has given her a new sense of self-confidence. She likes herself. I'd like to send you a free copy of my booklet on feeling good about yourself. Just put the words feeling good on a postcard or in a letter and send it to Heartbeat, Hartford, Connecticut. This is free. This is Heartbeat.
0: This is a fantasy, a tale of tomorrow, from the world of imagination. You'll enjoy it better if you suspend for the next hour the function of disbelief. We are in the laboratory of Dr. Gary Hall, as he and his most attractive colleague, Dr. Gene Thurston, work on a major experiment. The laboratory is situated some 500 yards from Dr. Hall's palatial home in the exclusive Sands Point district. The isolation protects both Dr. Hall's unusually secret research and the eagle eye of his wife from monitoring his private
1: pursuits. About four more grams, Jean?
2: Wanted exact.
1: At this point in the game, to the milligram.
2: Your wish is my command. If only that were true. It is, on a professional basis. Hmm. That's not what I meant. I know. But you are still married
1: forever and ever till death do us part.
2: What is her hold over you? Phyllis? Hmm.
1: Perhaps just my conscience?
2: Or that you still love her.
1: I never loved her.
2: Oh, that's what I want to believe. You can
1: It's the truth.
2: Oh, Gary. I should get away from you. We're just whipsawing each other to death like this.
1: Because conscience does make cowards of us all?
2: What does that mean?
1: It means I haven't the guts to break off a relationship that means nothing to me.
2: Why not, Gary? If you could just explain why.
1: Uh, uh, that's the cyclotron. Turn it off.
2: Yes, i have cut the power. This mysterious capsule of yours, does it... Does it really contain life artificially engendered?
1: Partheogenesis is a fact. Life can be created asexually. Lower forms of life,
2: but not humans. Why not?
1: We can reproduce by cloning. Create another organism from one of its own cells. We have isolated DNA, the genes that create an individual. Amalgamate these factors, establish an environment where they can pattern themselves on nature and you produce life. I could approach this problem on the basis of sheerly human cellular functions, but I want to move faster. Therefore I use the whole range of electrical and physical research to bolster my attempt.
2: Gary honestly, do you really believe you can create a human being?
1: Look in a few minutes when that machine has stopped its revolutions and we can open the capsule I may have the answer but till then that... <sighs> darn. What's the matter? Pavlovian reaction. The instant reflex. Whenever a bell rings, I know Big Sister is watching.
2: Big Sister?
1: My wife. You want to bet?
2: Isn't it always? You'd better
1: answer, Gary. Yes, of course I'd better answer. (laughs) Dr. Hall speaking.
2: Are you quite sure? Oh,
1: Phyllis, what do you want?
2: Maybe just to know who I'm talking to. Is this really Dr. Hall? Internist, endocrinologist, research fellow, and a welter of medical, technical terms I don't understand? Or is this just fun-loving Gary, whose sexual appetites and are never quite satisfied? I
1: don't know what you're talking about, Phyllis, but really I Look, wish... Look, you know exactly what I'm talking about.
2: I want you to fire that so-called female doctor who is sharing your research lab these last two months and come on
1: home. Phyllis, be real. Dr. Thurston is invaluable to me
2: Get rid of her I've had it You'll march to my tomb Or I'll bring our house of cards down around our ears I could kill her Why do you jump every time she pulls the string? No, I'm brainwashed There's
1: nothing else I can do Why don't you get rid of her? You mean kill her?
2: Oh, of course not, darling I mean divorce her Whatever she wants, you can afford it
1: I'm afraid I can't
2: you still love her.
1: I hate her. It's no, it's something I can't explain to you. You, you, you wouldn't understand. You'll try me. Well, I, I hope it'll never come to that.
2: Well, I'd better go. Oh, what's that? Oh, the diffusion pump. Want me to reset it? Yeah, yeah. Put it on low.
1: I'll have to put everything on hold for tonight.
2: I can stay as late as you want and monitor all the systems.
1: <laughs> Not with Phyllis on the warpath.
2: Uh what about tomorrow? Oh, uh, push that
1: re-start to seven, will you? Um, be here at the usual time. Are you sure? What do you mean, am I sure?
2: I would rather not get here unless I'm sure you're here to let me in. I wouldn't want to tangle with your wife again.
1: When did that happen?
2: Day before yesterday, when we closed up. I'd forgotten my handbag, and when I came back, the door was locked. While I was trying to get in, I... Ran into Phyllis. She didn't tell me. What happened? Nothing earth-shaking. Oh, when she discovered who I was, if looks could kill, I would simply have disintegrated. Doesn't she know about
1: me? I told her that Dr. Rowland had left me and that a doctor, Jean Thurston, had replaced him.
2: Without mentioning that this Jean is female.
1: Oh, I thought it was not to make too much of it. <laughs> Under the circumstances.
2: Gary... We couldn't help falling in love.
1: It's Phyllis who has to be convinced of that.
2: Gary, I love you, but I'm not made for this. I don't want to sneak love. Now, what are we going to do?
1: Look, let me handle Phyllis. How? I'm I'm going to give her one last chance to be decent. Whatever happens after that, she has only herself to blame. Fire her. She's gone.
2: That isn't what I asked. I want to know if you fired All her.
1: Oh, for Pete's sakes, Phyllis, I can't just fire an associate like that. I'm in the middle of the most demanding experiment of my life, and I need her assistance.
2: I'll just bet you do. But you're not going to have it anymore, Gary. The experiment is over.
1: What does that mean?
2: It means no more games. The affair is kaput. There
1: isn't any affair. Don't
2: lie to me. I'm not. I want her out of your life, or else. Or else what? Or else I tell the truth.
1: (laughs) No one would believe you.
2: I have your confession. I could claim it was a forgery. Even if it were, an exhumation would prove you poisoned her. Oh, look, don't be
1: a fool. My mother's been buried for over five years.
2: Frozen dutifully by her loving and obedient son, according to her wishes, in a cryogenic coffin.
1: Which also, according to her wishes, is not to be opened until the year 2100.
2: Unless the police have enough evidence that she was poisoned, which they'll discover when they read the letter of confession you wrote and signed and gave to me.
1: Oh, this is crazy, Phyllis. You'll make yourself an accessory, or at least after the fact, if you get me indicted.
2: I'm willing to risk it, if it's the only way I can hang on to you. Well, why do you want
1: me? You know there's no love between us, no
2: life. What's it worth to you? Oh, a great many things, Gary. Position, your name, wealth, all the things I grew up without. All the things I intend to hang on to and give you no chance to take away from me.
1: You'll take it without love?
2: If I have to, yes. So get rid of her. Look, it isn't that simple.
1: I mean, quite apart from how I feel about Dr. Thurston, Jean, this experiment of mine is something I can't complete without her special training and knowledge.
2: All right. I'll give you time. One week. If she isn't out of our lives by then, I'll take it we don't have any real life together. So what's left I have no compunction about destroying. If you are not mine nobody else can have you except over my dead body. Who is it? It's Jean Gary.
1: Okay, just a minute. Oh. Oh, come on in, Jean. You got here faster than I expected
2: Well, you scared me Waking me up in the middle of the night like that It's not even light yet
1: I didn't want Phyllis to see you arrive Okay, now get into your lab coat as fast as you can We have an emergency Did
2: one of the support systems fail? What's wrong?
1: With the experiment, nothing It's Phyllis What do you mean? She made her choice last night And that made a decision for me I'm going to have to step up the laboratory schedule. Why? Because I've been ordered to fire you by the end of the week, and I don't intend to do that.
2: Gary, you're finally going to stand up to her and break it off.
1: Yes, but not quite the way you expect.
2: I don't understand.
1: Inside the tegument of this metal womb was all the accumulated knowledge of past medicine and the work of a lifetime. I have fashioned a dream and hammered it on the anvil of my own intelligence till the vision has become reality. I have dared what no man has ever done. Like God, I have created a man in my own image.
2: Gary, that's blasphemy. And you still don't know if you've succeeded.
1: I know, because it has to be so. Until last night, I didn't know what has driven me these last years to succeed, what purpose urged me on. Now I do. What? This simulacrum, this humanoid that I have breathed life into, will in turn save my life and buy me freedom. He will be my standing for murder.
2: Gary, what are you talking about?
1: Help me see my brainchild born. And you? understand.
0: Jean Thurston is frozen for the moment, stunned by a whole new revelation of the man she loves, which she has glimpsed through the windows of his eyes. At her heart, icy fingers of dread tug as she tries to understand what he meant when he said, stand in for murder. I shall return shortly with Act Two. The search for perfection in all fields, good or evil, sacred or profane. Elusive as the goal is, nowhere is it more difficult to achieve than in the unforgivable act of killing another human being. There is no such thing as the perfect murder. Or is there? We're about to find out as we return to the strange research laboratory of Dr. Gary Hall
2: you're frightening me. What is all this about murder?
1: Look, there's no time to talk about it now. You'll see for yourself shortly. Adjust the exhaust from the suction pump. I'm going to drain off the amniotic fluid.
2: You're going to take him out of the capsule? That's right. But it's too early, aren't you? At least a week ahead of schedule?
1: The extra time was just a precaution. I can't afford the luxury anymore. But... Come on, Jean, don't argue with me. There's no exact moment for my changeling to be born best that's always been an educated guess. I'm glad it's been made for me. Is the exhaust attached? Yes. Well, here goes. Is it draining freely?
2: Yes. Good.
1: Now get over to the control panel. As soon as we've emptied the chamber of fluid, we'll want to build up pressure inside to force the body out
2: exactly like a birth, isn't it?
1: Then why not? A man is about to be created.
2: A man?
1: In my own image.
2: Gary, aren't you afraid?
1: Turn on the compressor.
2: All right.
1: All right. Help me bring the surgical table over.
2: Uh, where, where do you want it? Here,
1: here. To line it up with a sphincter lock on the capsule. Once the air pressure builds up high enough, it will eject the body. How's that? All right, that's good. That's good. Now, stand by to ease him into position on the table.
2: Will he... Will he be alive?
1: Comatose. Catatonic. This is only the shell. The real man we have to build in what time we have left. Okay. That's it. I'm going to open the lock gate... Guide him. Come on, get his other arm. I have him. Turn off the compressor. Right. Okay, you can shut down all the other systems, too.
2: All right, I've got to.
1: simulacrum.
2: Is that what you planned?
1: It was cloned from one of my cells. It's not surprising.
2: I still can't believe it.
1: Why not? You've known ever since you came to work for me that we had a living organism inside the capsule?
2: But not someone who was absolutely identical to you. As well as I know and love you, I couldn't tell you apart.
1: That's what has become the whole object. What do you mean? When I kill Phyllis, I need a culprit. Here he is, our passport to freedom.
2: Kill Phyllis?
1: It's the only way we can have a life together. For me to be able to get away with murder.
2: No, Gary, I can't stand for that. Well,
1: you'll have to. Whether or not you want to share the future with me, I can't take it with Phyllis anymore.
2: Then divorce her, leave her. There are other ways. No.
1: You see, the unfortunate fact is that in order to create life, I have already taken one. Whose? My mother. She had all the money. It was in her hands. I needed it for my research, but she wouldn't let me have it. She treated me like a child with a ridiculous and impossible dream. She was pre-senile, and she needed a nurse to take care of her. Although physically, she could conceivably have lived another 20 years. And in order to dispose of her, I needed her nurse's help.
2: And the nurse was
1: Phyllis? Yes. Yes, and she exacted a price for her cooperation. At the time, nothing mattered but the achievement I could see ahead of me. She was the one who administered the poison, but I provided it. And at her insistence, I signed a full confession that I was the murderer.
2: And married her.
1: There was no love between us.
2: Oh, I don't think that's true.
1: Oh, what do you mean?
2: There must have been on her
1: side. Why? She was marrying everything she'd ever desired. Wealth, social position, my family's name. And you.
2: She must have loved you. Still loves you.
1: Why do you say that?
2: Because I'm a woman and I love you. I suppose I can't help myself any more than she
1: could. Oh, let's not talk any more about Phyllis. There was no love there. There has been no love in my life till I met you.
2: And the only way we can hold on to what we have is through murder? Gary, this is wrong. This is terribly wrong.
1: In the end, it will be just as terribly right. But we are forgetting our function as doctors. We've got to take care of our patient.
2: He's not breathing we better get him back in the lung.
1: He doesn't need artificial supports anymore. Feel his pulse.
2: It's steady. Strong. Mm-hmm. But why isn't he respirating?
1: He's in suspended animation. I want to keep him catatonic till we program him.
2: Program him?
1: Of course. I can build all the somatic processes except the brain. That's what you and I have to do for the rest of this week. Build a whole personality... I'll provide all the background, the person who is me. Your job is to program it for the computer and feed the tapes to my other self here. When he's arrested for the murder of Phyllis, not only does he have to look like me, but he has to act
2: like me. (laughs)
1: Miles Hall. I was born February the 4th, 1938. The only son of Elizabeth Biddle Gansevoort and Averill Hall. My father was the last of a family of four, all boys, each of whom predeceased him and left no heirs. Vital statistics.
2: Height 511. Weight, 183. Hair, dark brown. Eyes, brown. Distinguishing marks, none. Intelligence quotient, 164. Shirt size, 16 neck, 33 sleeve. Suit, 42 regular.
1: He's been fed all the data.
2: Everything. History, vital statistics, emotional profile, a full chronology.
1: Good. And we're ready to take the final step. Get me those microwave terminals while I take off the radio headset. He won't need that anymore. Might as well get him used to the live human voice.
2: Here are the terminals. Want some lubricant?
1: Yes, I don't want to burn him.
2: I wonder. Will he be able to laugh, to to be sad, to love? Could he reproduce?
1: Well, it's a pity, since I put all the best of me in him and none of the worst, that he won't ever have a chance to find out. But let's wake him up and see how well he's learned his other lessons. Can you hear me? Yes. I can hear. Can you sit up? Yes. I can sit up. What is your name? My name is Gareth Miles Hall. My friends call me Gary. Who are you? I am a doctor, but I no longer practice medicine. I have been engaged in pure research for the last five years. I have for a long time been very unhappy with my wife. Matters have recently come to a head because I am in love with my colleague and associate, Dr. Jean Thurston. But my wife refuses to give me a divorce so that I can marry her. Yes, and what? Go on. I... I don't know any more... You didn't tell him the rest, Jean?
2: I couldn't, Carrie. I just couldn't.
1: Yeah, well, perhaps it's just as well till the last moment. All right, my alter ego. You've been talking for almost two hours. I'm sure you can use a rest. Uh, roll up your sleeve, please. What are you going to do? I'm going to give him an injection. See so he gets a sound sleep. Tomorrow's going to be a big day for him. Big day for all of us. Do I have to go to sleep?
2: Well, don't you want to? I want to. To look at you.
1: I love you.
2: Gary... I mean... I don't know what to call you.
1: Why not Gary? That's my name, isn't it?
2: Uh, Yes, but it's uh, so confusing. I think I'd rather call you something else.
1: Well, my other name is Miles.
2: That's it. That's what I'll call you. Miles.
1: Okay, Brother Miles, let's see that arm.
2: Gary, do you think you have to?
1: Gary? Is his name Gary, too? Uh,
2: uh, Yes, it is. Who are you?
1: It's all right, I'm a doctor. I just want to give you something to make you feel good. I don't know if I want it. Should I let him, Jean?
2: I think maybe it would be better if you did.
1: Okay, whatever you say. Alright, just lie back. You may feel the needle for a moment, then you start counting. Counting? You know, numbers like a hundred. Oh, yes. One hundred. One hundred and one. No, 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 uh, uh try counting backwards. One hundred, ninety-nine. Oh, Oh, uh, ninety-eight, ninety-seven, ninety-six, nine, uh, uh. Good, he's out Well, we'll keep him under wraps till tomorrow when he's needed
2: Tomorrow? You're planning to, to kill Phyllis tomorrow?
1: Yep It might be wiser to kill my alter ego too Suicide pact
2: Gary, you can't go through with this
1: I got to go through with it I've spent the whole week setting it up. I have two suitcases full of cash ready to go in your car trunk. Enough for us to live like royalty the rest of our lives. And we leave in your car right after... Right after the deed. I have tickets for Mexico. We pick up new passports and identities there. We travel for a year. I'll grow a beard. Nobody will follow us or or check on us. It's the perfect murder.
2: Murder is old now.
1: Ah, my simulacrum. He's not a man. He's a hes a machine.
2: I don't see how you could even contemplate it. It's like murdering your own child.
1: Ah, that's nonsense. I can... I can always build another one. Jean, I want my freedom, and I mean to have it, no matter what the cost. Nothing, no one is going to stand in my way. Now, don't force me to make you a victim, too.
0: Jean stares in disbelief and fear at this man she loves, who so suddenly and violently has changed. It is as if he had given all the best of himself to the gentle humanoid he created, keeping only the dark, destructive forces for himself. She is trapped now into being part of a crime she abhors, but from which she sees no hope of escape. There seems to be no way to stop it without causing her own death. I shall be back shortly with X3. After a long, sleepless night, her eyes grainy and smarting, Jean Thurston has arrived for the last time at Gary Hall's laboratory. She seems listless and drained, ready to acquiesce in all his plans. Obediently, she listens to his instructions and answers all his questions.
1: You paid the rent on your apartment? Told them you'd be gone for at least six months? Yes, Gary. Good. You have everything you'll need in your car.
2: Yes, Gary. How are you going to kill her? The simplest way possible.
1: We have a gun I got for protection against prowlers a 38. It's upstairs in the drawer between our beds. It's the servants' day off, uh, all except the butler. I'll send him on an errand as soon as I get back, and, and I'll shoot Phyllis. After that's done, you can bring the robot over, shoot him, and leave the gun on the floor beside them.
2: But it will have your fingerprints on it. Of
1: course, that's part of the plan. Along with everything else, his are identical with mine. i checked that out. Then what? Well, then the servants come back, one or... Another of them discovers the double tragedy. We are safely gone with no one on our trail. A perfect murder.
2: Gary, there's no way I can make you reconsider.
1: No, there's no way. I never knew I ached for freedom so desperately until now that it's within my grasp. So don't try to deny it to me, Jean. <clears throat>
3: Yes?
2: I'm Dr. Thurston, Dr. Hall's assistant. Oh, yes, madam. I I mean doctor.
1: I recognize you now. May I come in? Dr. Hall is not here.
2: Uh, Yes, I know. It's his wife I want to see. Oh,
1: well, then. uh, Won't you step in? Thank you. There's a small reception room on the right. If you would wait in there, I'll see if Mrs. Hall is up. It's still quite early, and... Uh,
2: it's all right, Grover. I'll I handle this. Oh, yes, madam. You may leave. Yes, Mrs. Hall. What do you want? I've got to talk to you. There's nothing to be said between us. Oh, yes, there is. And it should be said privately. Can we go into the room the butler was showing me into? Look, I'm out of my mind to give you even the time of day. But come on. Let's hear what you have to say. Oh. Well, do you seriously expect me to believe all this nonsense about my husband planning to murder me? Why? Because you won't give him his freedom to marry me. And you're here to tell me that if I don't make that possible, he's ready to kill me? Yes. Why did you come and tell me all this? Because I don't want to be party to murder. Even one we could get away with. I don't want the man I love to be party to it. Because I know it would hang around our necks for the rest of our lives. So you're the angel of light. All shining virtue. Well, I don't believe a word of it. All right, I'll prove it to you. How? Do you know where Gary is now? As a matter of fact, I do. He just called me from the bank. You're sure he was there? Of course. Mr. Wilson, the vice president, was sitting right next to him. That's all I need to know. Let's go to the laboratory right this moment. And let me show you something. I can't believe it. I told you I wasn't lying, Gary. My husband made this man, as you can see, in his own image. And um, this is the the man that would would be found with me after. After Gary had murdered me? Yes. Uh, okay, if you're trying to scare me, Dr. Thurston, <laughs> you, you have succeeded. Only enough to ask you to be reasonable, to find some solution to our problem short of disaster. Okay, I, I'm afraid I'm just a very ordinary person. I can't even conceive of anyone making a human being. Oh, he looks like a a wax doll. He doesn't look alive. He's tranquilized at the moment in suspended animation. But believe me, he can be very much alive. How do you control him? Uh, Are there buttons or something? Oh, he's a lot more sophisticated than that. He is computer programmed to be harmless and to obey whatever orders he's given. Would he obey anyone, whoever he's with, when... Gary comes back Make sure he comes and talks to me I'm perfectly sure this whole thing can be worked out Oh, I'm so glad I spoke to you So am I As soon as Gary comes home I promise you I will straighten this whole thing out Jean Miles Well, I I didn't know How long have you been awake?
1: quite a long while. I, I, I didn't want to interrupt. I, I was listening to you and my... That is, my wife?
2: Well, uh... Yes.
1: Um, Jean, is is it all right if, if I get up now? There, there are so many
2: questions I want to ask. You're not supposed to ask questions. Why not? Because you're... You're...
1: Yes. That's what I want to ask you who am I? Really? I say I'm Gareth Miles Hall, but I feel something wrong, and and I heard you tell her about the other one that you call Gary, who who sounds like me, but but how can he be the same person?
2: Well, didn't you hear me tell Phyllis how you how you came to be?
1: Yes. Then how could I be the same as Gary? How can there be two of us? How could anyone think we are the same one?
2: Miles, have you ever seen yourself in a mirror?
1: A mirror? What is
2: that? A piece of glass that shows you just how you look. Here, give me your hand. Now. There. Look.
1: But- That isn't me That's the other Gary
2: Yes The man who made you in his own image Don't you understand? You look exactly like him No You are exactly like
1: him No, I am myself I want to be myself Gee I I love you I trust you. Please, explain it to me. So I can understand. Phyllis, what are you doing up here in the bedroom?
2: Waiting for you, Gary. Why? I see most of your favorite clothes are missing from the closet in the bureau. I thought perhaps you were planning to go somewhere.
1: Well, as a matter of fact, I am.
2: So I thought I ought to wish you goodbye.
1: Exactly what I planned to wish you.
2: If you're looking for the gun, I have it, Gary, in my hot little hand. Now, look,
1: you be careful. That thing is loaded.
2: Oh, I know it. I made sure of it, just as you did. What do you mean? Your doctor associate came to see me and laid out your whole miserable fantasy. I even saw the robot who was to be your stand-in for the murder.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. Don't
2: be a fool. Jean blew the whistle on you. Why would she do that? She gave me a lot of sentimental guff about how she didn't think you could live with yourself if she stooped to murder. She thought she could scare me into just stepping aside and leaving you free to walk out on me. Well, why don't
1: you, Phyllis? I mean, give me that letter to destroy and a divorce, and I promise you you'll never regret it.
2: I don't think so. I have a better idea. Oh, yeah? What? This. What was that? It sounded like a shot, Miles. A a, a what? A shot from a gun.
1: What's a gun, Jean?
2: Oh, a weapon that you... No, there's no time to explain. It came from the direction of the house. Come on. I hope it's not too late. We've got to get there as fast as we can. Mm -hmm. Phyllis. Oh, Phyllis, are you all right? Certainly I'm all right, Doctor. Won't you and, uh, and my husband come in? Husband, where's Gary? Upstairs, in the bedroom. I just shot him with this. Oh, good Lord. I've got to go to him. It won't do any good. He's quite dead. But why don't I take you both upstairs so you can see for yourself? Why? Why did you do it? I gave him his own medicine. It was what he planned for me. But he wouldn't have gone through with it. Oh, don't you ever believe it. Gary knew the only way I'd ever let anyone else have him was over my dead body. I was silly enough to tell him that myself. Fortunately, I wasn't the only one silly enough to open my mouth. You mean me? Yes. You were foolish enough to outline Gary's plan for the perfect murder for me. I saw right away how I could get away with the same. Since Gary had split himself like an amoeba, I had one too many husbands. So I decided to dispose of the one I couldn't handle. And what do you expect to do now? You and my brand new husband here are going to help me bundle Gary's body in the car. We'll tie some weights to him and drop him in the old quarry at Peterson's Corners. He won't be missed. What are you going to do about me? Get you out of my life at last. That won't be so easy once I go to the police. Accusing me of murdering my husband when he'll be standing right beside me? You think they'll swallow your wild yarn about Gary creating a monster like Frankenstein? They will when I show them Gary's notes and let them hear the tapes he prepared to program Miles. Miles?
1: Yes. That's Jean's name for me. I like her to call me that.
2: It's fantastic. Gary's voice just as if he were still alive. It, it really is perfect. But just to make sure, you, you better show me where those tapes and notes are. We'd better toss them in the quarry, too. I won't let you get away with it. You better, or this gun might go off again. It's an empty threat, Phyllis. Don't tempt me. I warn you. A
1: gun is a bad thing. It destroys. Stay out of this robot. Give me the gun. Give it to no, me. No, no, let it...
2: me. Oh. 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 Madel, what have you done?
1: I didn't mean to hurt her. She was pointing the gun at you. Did I hurt her?
2: Oh. Not you it was an accident she she killed herself mild it's the ultimate irony it's just the way Gary planned it the perfect murder victim and culprit neatly packaged case closed only instead of setting himself free it's you he gave the freedom to.
1: I don't
2: understand. Oh, of course you don't. So many things you don't. Yet. It's going to take my lifetime to open up the world for you.
1: Teach me to be all the things you want me to be?
2: I won't have to. He said that he'd put all the best of himself into you. And that was the man I loved. I think I'll start calling you Gary.
1: If you wish.
2: Yes. Because then... it will be as if he never... really died.
0: A strange and profoundly disturbing tale. As I said in the beginning, however, a fantasy, a dream... A stolen look beyond the curtain of the future when the impossible is no longer improbable. And even the improbable could turn out to be true. I'll return shortly. What happened to Jean and Miles? Or Gary, as she prefers to call him. Well... They drove off in the car with the money in the trunk and the travel tickets and no one to follow or care where they went. So we don't know. We can't know because this is a tale of tomorrow and it hasn't happened yet. Our cast included Terry Keene, Carol Titel, and Paul Hecht. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown.